0: you uh-huh.
1: give it up for them come on yeah all right so the gist of this series is this right we we have this song we're gonna let this song open up God's word for us I'm not preaching the song I'm preaching God's word but we're using the song as the like uh, the microscope into God's word are you with me on that Okay, great. Hey, I just want to make a big shout out to everybody worshiping at all of our campuses and online. Come on, Carney Campus, don't we love everybody who worships with us at all of our campuses? Yeah, so that song, I don't know what you took away from that song, but that song, it said a couple of big profound things to me. First off, it said, our King has come, amen? Our King has come. But I think the real focus of that song is this, that Jesus came to rescue us. I think that's the big focus that we were in need of being rescued, and Jesus rescued us. Check it out, that we were trapped by our sin, but Jesus rescued us. How many people have that testimony? Right, we were caught in darkness without a way to escape, but Jesus rescued us. We were doomed to be separated from God for eternity, but Jesus rescued us. We were like dead men walking without a savior, but Jesus rescued us. How many of you guys have that kind of story? Come on, right, is that your testimony? Yeah. That's because God wanted to do that. That was God's plan from the beginning. He loves you that much. It was God's desire that he wanted to rescue you. Why? Because he wanted more for you. More for you. That's what John 3, 16 and 17 is. It's one I mean, of other iconic passages of Scripture, but it says this. For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. See, what it's saying to us is this, that God sent his son into the world to rescue you. And that anyone who would believe in him and call him Lord and leader, he would rescue them. They would not perish. Guys, that's the good news of our Savior. And look, if you've ever been in a place where you needed to be rescued... If you've got a story in your life where you were in some really difficult, bad place and you needed to be rescued, you know the gratitude that you have towards those who rescued you. Let me give you a couple examples of what I'm talking about. Let's just say, and I know it's horrific and it's happened to somebody that's listening right now, and I apologize for the pain I'm getting ready to cause you, but let's just say that you were in a house that was burning, okay, and you were trapped, and a, fire, a fireman or a police officer or your next door neighbor came rushing in, risking their very own lives, right? And they rescued you. How much gratitude would you have towards the person that busted through the door, found you, and pulled you out of that house before you died? How much gratitude would you have? It would be immense, by the way. In fact, this is what your living room would look like from that moment on, the new house. It would have a picture of your family, have a picture of your spouse, and then a picture of this random person that saved you. And every time somebody came into your house they'd be like I know the, I know your family, I know your spouse, but who is that dude? Oh, let me tell you the story. Of that guy. You would forever be indebted to them. Are you you following me on this? Okay. It would be immense. Like if you were trapped on top of a mountain and there's no way for you to get off that mountain and they came and they rescued you, it was either like they rescue you or you die. What kind of indebtedness would you feel? What kind of gratitude would you feel towards those people? You would love them for the rest of your life. They would always have a special place in your heart. Like if they, if they called you, you would answer their call. If they were out of town and they, came, and they lived out of town and they came into town, you would stop everything and you would visit them. That's what you would do. I mean, if you've ever been to like in a car, automobile accident and people stopped and they came to your rescue, then you know what I'm talking about. There's this indebtedness, this love, this gratitude, All right, But how many of you guys have had this happen that your car didn't start and someone needed to rescue you and recharge your battery? Okay? How many of you guys have had a flat tire and someone had to come and rescue you? How many of you guys, you know, weren't paying attention, you drove right into a snowdrift and someone had to pull you out? Okay, all right, very good, very good. Like, that person's picture doesn't hang in your living room. That would be weird. Yeah, who's this guy? He fixed a flat tire for me one day. <laughs> weird, right? That's weird. Like, that wouldn't happen. Here's the reason why the greater the rescue, the more intense your gratitude. The greater the rescue, the more intense your gratitude is. So here's the bombshell question today. It's this, all right? Where is your level of gratitude towards Jesus who rescued you today? Where is it at? Is it on a scale of one to 10? Is it a one today? Like, yeah, you know, it's almost like he's equal to the guy who saved me from my flat tire. Or is it a 10, like the guy who came rushing into your house and rescued you while it was burning to the ground and saved you? It's easy to say a 10, church. But the evidence has to match a 10. Is the gratitude evidence of our lives a 10? And this is not for you to justify to me, okay? Because that would be called legalism. It's to justify it to yourself. Like, am am I really living a life of gratitude before the Lord at a level of a 10? Like, is it pouring out of me? Do I wake up on a regular basis recognizing where I was at and what he rescued me from? Can I just say this to you? A secret about Christianity, here's a secret, okay? You're gonna need this for the rest of your life. A secret to Christianity is recognizing the need that you had. That you needed to be rescued from recognizing the depravity, recognizing the wickedness, recognizing the evil, recognizing the sin, recognizing the bondage, recognizing the false religion, recognizing getting caught up in religion, recognizing that who you were and that you were in need of a savior. You were in need of one to rescue you, and Jesus is the one who rescued you. And forever, you are and have an immense level of gratitude for Him. And it's out of that gratitude that worship flows. It's out of that gratitude that loyalty to the Lord flows. It's out of that gratitude that a relationship with God flows. It's out of that. That becomes your fuel source. That's a secret to Christianity. And if you you don't have that, if you don't have the connection between how far gone you were and how much you needed to be rescued, I'm going to tell you, if you don't have that, there's no wonder why you're lacking passion in your relationship with God. And you're going to need this for the rest of your life. This isn't just something that happens at Salvation Church. This is something that is desperately needed throughout the spiritual journey. If you want to keep growing with Christ, then you can never forget that you were in need of being rescued. And he's the one that rescued you. And because he rescued you, I'm indebted to you, Christ, and I worship you. That's what the song's reminding us of. I don't know if you heard those words or not, but in all three verses... It was reminding us of who we were, what we were, what we needed to be rescued from. Here's all three verses all lumped up in one. It says this, for the unclean, for the unholy, for the broken, the unworthy, for the wounded, for the hurting, for the lost, for the lonely, for the outcast, the defeated, for the weary, and for the weakest, you came. Jesus, you came. Somewhere in those words are you. Somewhere in that list, it's defining you. And he came for you. This is who we were, and Jesus came to rescue us while we were sinners. Don't take my word for it. Take his word for it. This is what he said about himself in John chapter 12. He says, I've come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. I'll rescue you from the dark. Church, some of you are living in the dark. You're living in the dark in your relationship with God. You're living in the dark with some of your the sin that you're allowing just to live in your life. And Jesus goes, I didn't come so that you would live in the dark. I came to rescue you from the dark. Somebody here today needs to be set free from addiction. He wants to rescue you from the dark. Some of you today have lost hope in your relationship, a relationship with your spouse. But Jesus is here to rescue you from the dark. Some of you here are so wrapped up in, a, in some kind of hidden sin that you don't know how to get free from it and you're just wondering to yourself, is this who I am going to be for the rest of my life? And I'm here to tell you, no, you don't have to live in the dark. Jesus came to rescue you from the dark. Some of you live underneath a cloud of depression. Jesus came to rescue you from the dark. Some of you live with, with, a, with a lost peace and lost joy. Jesus came to rescue you from the dark. Some of you go through life with no hope of a future. Jesus came to rescue you from the dark, amen? Why? Because it's God's heart. It was God's heart to rescue you. This is who God is. Our God is a rescuing God. Throughout Scripture, he showed this to us. Let me give you a couple of examples of how God rescues. Okay, three, three ideas for you, but they are definitely not the exhaustive list. It's just an idea to put inside of your head to help you see how our God is a God who wants and desires to rescue you. Okay, many different ways. First way is the Red Sea Rescue. Come on, turn to the person next to you and tell them Red Sea Rescue. The Red Sea Rescue. Okay, now, now look, here's a story, right? Moses, right? With the, with the Israelites in Egypt, and they're escaping Pharaoh, and they're running from him, and they run right up to the Red Sea. They can't cross the Red Sea because it's full of water. The uh, the army of Pharaohs coming down on their back, they see two options. Option A, we go into the water, we probably can't get to the other side, we're going to drown. Option B, we go back to Egypt and we become slaves. You know what they missed out on? The Red Sea rescue. They missed out on God's option. God's option C. How about this? What if I can open up the sea and you walk across on dry ground? It's not in the head or the heart of man. It's something in the heart of God. Here's what the psalmist said about it in chapter 77. He said, Lord, your road, it led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway, check it out, a pathway no one knew was there. Some of you are in a situation right now where you're faced with with two options and both of them are bad. And you're trying to make a decision right now. Which of these two evils am I going to choose? God, isn't there a different way out? And I'm here to tell you today, yes, God has a different way out for you. It's just a matter of will you, will you pursue him? Will you put your faith in him? Will you seek him? Don't knee-jerk to those other two options, those two options that lead to some kind of destruction and death in your life. You don't have to keep making options A and B the only options. God can do a Red Sea Rescue, and he can show you option C, that is supernatural, in a way that you had no way of knowing it was coming. I'm telling you, that's the kind of God we serve. Let me tell you about another way God rescues, the Jericho rescue. Turn to a different person and tell them, Jericho rescue. All right? Jericho rescue. Here's the story. Here's the story. All right? From the Old Testament. The Israelites have just, just arrived in the promised land, and God's told them to drive out all the enemies that live there. The very first enemies they got to drive out is Jericho. What do we know about Jericho? Jericho is a city. Right? These people live behind an extremely strong fortified wall that is so strong that they can actually race chariots on top of it. People live in the wall, by the way. We're not talking about like your fence in your backyard that divides you from your neighbor. We're talking about a wall that's so large, people have homes in it, and they race chariots on top of it. How many of you guys know that's a strong wall? Like if I lived in Jericho every night, I would go to sleep knowing we got an incredible security system. It's going to be really hard to rob us. But God said, I need you to drive them out. So what did he tell them to do? He goes, walk around the city walls. And for seven days, they walked around the city walls. And On the seventh day, they did it seven times. And they shouted and they blew horns. And those walls came crumbling down. I want you to know today, God will rescue you in ways that you don't think are the best ways. Some of you, you've got these strongholds that you hang on to, these fortresses, these supporting walls in your life, that you put more hope and dependency on those things than you have anything else in your life. And God's going to let those walls come down so that you will start trusting him. That's what Proverbs 3 and 5 says. It says, trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All of your heart. Do not depend on your your own understanding don't don't stand there you know just like, re, like relying on your own support walls don't stand there like you're like you're Jericho and you're just like i've got this all figured out god because you don't have it all figured out right and so god lets those support walls come down so that we will put 100% faith and trust in him let me give you one last example it's just called the big fish rescue come on just say big fish rescue all right, now if you've got, the, if you've got the, the cadence of this sermon, then you're probably already going to the right person in the Old Testament. His name is Jonah, that's right. And what happened with Jonah? Jonah was given this mission by God to go to the Ninevites and share with them the good news of who God is, but he was like, I hate those guys. God, that's a horrible plan. I'm not going to do your plan. I'm going to do my plan. So he goes down to the seaport. He buys a ticket. He hops on a boat and he heads off to Tarshish, the farthest seaport away from him that he can find. As he's going across the Mediterranean Sea, a big storm comes up. All of those who are on the ship decide it's Jonah's fault. Jonah's the one who's running from God. If we don't throw him overboard. We're going to die. So they throw Jonah overboard and the sea subsides and it goes still, just like when you take a, like an antacid pill because your acid reflux is boiling up inside of you. Bam, it just crushes it. Jonah drops into the water. God calms the water. And then God does what? Sends a fish, swallows Jonah, takes him on a journey for three days, spits him up on the shore and says, Jonah, that's the way towards Nineveh. See, God will send the big fish rescue to you when you're running from Him and when you're chasing your own dreams. When you're running from God and you're chasing your own dreams, God's chasing you. And God will do things in your, He'll do things to you and through your path to bring you to rock bottom so that He can put your feet back on the trail that leads to His perfect plan for your life. Come on, somebody. That's our loving God. That's how He works. So Jesus offers to rescue all of us. Take, take his words, right, out of, out of the mouth of Jesus. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give you is what? Light. This is, what, this is who our God is. This is who our Savior is. When he comes, he he came to rescue you, not to chastise you. Jesus doesn't come along and go, Look, I told you so. He doesn't come along and go, Well, why do you guys keep getting yourself in all this trouble? I keep rescuing you, you keep doing this. Like, well, he doesn't come along and chastise you. He doesn't come along and go, when are you gonna be smart enough? When are you gonna be strong enough? When are you gonna stop this? Like, when are you going to grow up? He doesn't chastise, he comes to rescue, not to chastise. If you're hearing this voice and it's a chastising voice in your life, right? It's a voice that's pushing you down. It's a voice that's making you feel like you are a loser spiritually. That's not the voice of Jesus because that's not the voice of a rescuer. It's not the voice of a rescuer. What does the voice of a rescuer sound like? Where are you at? Hey, Hey, hello! Let me hear you, shout out your name so I can find you. Just tell me where you're at. As they're walking through the house that's burning to the ground and boards are falling and smoke is rising, they're running through and they're yelling out, where are you at? They're not going, how stupid are you? Why are you still in here? What are you doing, you idiot? See, that's not God's voice. It's the voice of the rescuer. Jesus also noticed that you were weary, and you were carrying a lot of weight, and you were carrying a lot of burdens. And so what did he say? He says, I came to rescue you to do what? To give you rest. Some of you need to be rescued and just rest in his arms, because you're trying to tackle the whole world with your own two hands and your one little brain. Jesus also, Jesus also said this, look, I came to rescue you, but I also came to empower you. And so what does he say? Let me teach you. I love that about Jesus. Jesus isn't the one that just wants to rescue us out of our garbage, just so that we return to the same old garbage. No, Jesus wants to rescue us out of our darkness so that we never return there again. So what does he promise to do? I'll teach you. Let me teach you the ways to avoid needing to be rescued again. Why? Why? So that you can partner with him to help rescue others, church. When you get rescued by Christ, you instantly become part of the rescue crew. That's who you become, right? One of the secrets of our Christianity that we forget all the time. When you're rescued, you're rescued so that you can be a part of rescuing others. So get out there and rescue people. And let me just say this, pastor, pastor's heart to all of you that are here today. If Jesus isn't your Lord and your leader, please take his advice. What did he say in Matthew chapter 11? He said this, come to me. Let today be the day that you come to Him. Because when you are truly rescued by Christ when you when you bear the badge of being one who has the incredible gratitude of saying God thank you that you rescued me thank you that you haven't given up on me thank you in my old age that Lord you're still empowering me thank you God that you keep giving me purpose thank you that you keep giving me you know a a mission thank you in my young age God that you you rescued me from all the things that were trying to tear me down and bring me down then you will also sing what this song says When this song says, oh, come all ye faithful, bow before our Savior, come let us adore the one who came for us, glory in the highest, praise the name of Jesus, our King has come. That's the song of the one who's been rescued. When we get to that part of the song, if you've been rescued by Christ, you should bolt that out. You should lift your voice because that's what we do. If you've been rescued, then you can begin to adore him. If you haven't been rescued by Christ, it's hard to adore him. What does that even mean to adore him? It means to start showing him immense love and respect, incredible passion, like he's the one that rescued you off the mountaintop, like he's the one that came into your house while it was burning and he, he, he grabbed a hold of you and he pulled you out, like he was the one who delivered you and set you free that's where adoration comes from. And so what do we do in worship? Why do we sing every Sunday? Why do we have these songs? So that we have a moment to adore him. Why do we come here week after week? So that we can adore him. Why do we spend time in personal prayer and worship in God's word? So that we can adore him. Why? Because he rescued you. He set you free. He became your Savior. So if you've been rescued by God, then as we sing, I want deep gratitude to flow from your heart. I want you to lift your hands and adore him. I want you to lift your voice and adore him. I want you to remember that that's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is not just a time where we give gifts to each other. Christmas is a time to be reminded that our King has come. Our Savior has come to rescue us. And since he came once with great confidence, church, I can say with great boldness and confidence, he is going to come again. And we're worshiping a God who's not dead in the grave, but we're worshiping a God who rose again. We're worshiping a God who ascended to heaven. And because he ascended to heaven, I'm telling you, we're worshiping a God, his name is Jesus. He is coming again. So if you are here today and you're in need of a rescue, doesn't matter what the rescue is, You're in need of God to show up and to show off in your life. If you're in need of a rescue today, then I want you, as we sing to the Lord, I want you to cry out to God in worship. I want you to seek him. Why? Because seekers, they find God. And I want you to know that the altars at New Life and at all of our campuses are for the hungry. Today, the altars are for those who are hungry and wanting to be rescued by God. Church, I'm here to tell you today, there is hope. There is hope. I know that right now, your world might feel like it's dark. Your world might feel like there's no way that the, that the, the pieces can be put together. It's like, you, you might feel like your world's like a, a, a glass vase that fell off a table and it's into broken pieces and you're wondering to yourself, how's this all gonna go back together? I feel your pain. I just want you to know today there's hope. Jesus still rescues people. I know today you feel like, man, that marriage is about ready to, like it's about done. I want you to know there's hope. I, and I know today, some of you, you've got children that have they've, they've gone astray. They have, they're not following the Lord, and you're wondering to yourself, are they ever coming back? And I just want you to know today, there's hope, because Jesus still, res- he still rescues people. I know today you're sitting here, and some of you have got those, that addiction or that sin that's just controlling you, and you're just, you don't even know how you're going to get out of it. I want you to know today, there's hope. Why? Because Jesus still rescues. There's hope today, church. Why? Because some of you don't feel like, how could God ever love me? If you only knew what I did, if you only knew my backstory, how can God love me? I want you to know that there's hope. Why? Because Jesus rescues people, and he wants to show you his love. So let's stand, and let's adore Jesus, the one who came for us. Let me pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that your word today reminds us that you haven't given up on us. That your word reminds us that you have a purpose and a plan for us. And that, that God, you you sent your son to this world to rescue us. So we lean into you. We say yes to you, God. We we want you to have your will and have your way in our lives. So, Lord, whatever it is we've been trying to do on our own, Lord, send the big fish. Rescue us from ourselves. Whatever we've been trusting in and putting our support in and kind of putting our dependency in, God, come and tear down those walls so that the only one standing is you. God, I pray you would come. And where there doesn't seem to be a way, where it only is option A and option B, Lord, would you make option C clear like you did to the Israelites that day when you opened up the Red Sea. And Lord, as we come today, may we adore you. May we love. May we respect you. May we show you incredible passion that flows from immense gratitude because you rescued us from the darkest of the dark and you brought us into the light to liberate us and to set us free. In Jesus' name, amen.